1: Log Talk Radio. <laughs>
2: Once again, once again, once again, you're tuned in live to your 15 minutes radio with Beyond Words with Shanessa White and Darrell Douglas, and today is going to be a, um, as always, an interesting discussion about world events. I don't know whether we want to call it world events, just some things that are happening. I'm beyond words right now. I I really am trying to find the words to talk about all of the things that are suddenly or it seems as if it's suddenly happening. And um, we've seen the videos. We've um, probably walked through these scenarios a million times in our minds uh, trying to decide or determine what we will do in certain situations. But I wanted to definitely have the conversation regarding systemic racism and the things that are happening right now. Um, One event in particular that has been filmed and uh, viewed on Twitter in particular over 20 million times is, of course, the encounter of Amy Cooper uh, that she had in New York City at Central Park. And she she had an interesting reaction, and I'm going to call it that for right now, uh, in regards to someone asking her <laughs> to uh, leash her dog, and um, in regards to someone filming her. Uh, but before we go any deeper, I know Chinesa requested in particular uh, Darrell that you give us some insight as an African American man what is your perspective on this encounter in particular
3: well i mean it's pretty much what we've heard a lot it's you know it was almost comical it was almost like an SNL skit to see her you know choking the little puppy you know and crying on the on the phone of you know to 911 about something that wasn't even happening and I think there are a lot of us who can relate to that have been in situations where, you know, either you're in school for being aggressive or these little and then there's an assumption of how things went versus, you know, what actually happened. And, you know, it's I will say it's kind of, I know it sounds really bad, but it's almost relieving to see her, like, lose her job and stuff. It just is. It's like, ah, finally, you know. <laughs>
1: It's like relief. (laughs) I hear you. I I still want her to be prosecuted for a false report and for animal cruelty.
2: There are so many um, levels to what happened um, with these two um, humans. Let me first talk about the human aspect of this. I saw the post when it, like, initially came out before it, I guess, caught fire in social media, and Mm -hmm. when I saw the reactions to this, and again, this is in particular on Twitter, and I saw the reactions to it, it felt as if, and maybe I'm looking at it through a different lens, it felt as if at least 60 to 70 percent were more worried about the dog, and I you know, maybe I have this thing about Mm -hmm. dogs and pets because, you know, that's another show. But (laughs) I felt like people were more concerned because there was a pet involved and not the fact that this is a human being where Mm -hmm. potentially if he stands here and waits for the police, if she stands and waits for the police and she uses that voice that she used at the end that this is um, on a different level of a tragedy. It's already a tragedy, but it goes to a different level. What was your perspective once you kind of reviewed the video, uh, Chinesa, and then you heard the ending, the voice at the end?
1: You know, I'm a pet owner, so I, you know, I have two dogs and I, I, I see your point. Um, I think one of the things that we were missing in the in the frame was even a you know, we heard his voice, but we didn't see him. It would have been nice to actually mm-hmm. see him, too, to put the humanity in it. But as I, I will say, the animal side of me when I first saw it, I, I listened to her conversation. I wasn't distracted by her choking this dog, but it was very cruel. And I was, like, really freaked out, um, quite frankly, when I found out that she didn't just get this pet last week. She's had this pet for a while that she was treating in this manner. So it then dawned on me as I'm watching this video that she's manhandling this dog in in an effort to harm him so when the police do arrive that she will have some adequate evidence that this young black man did something to her and her dog. That's Mm. what I saw. And that enraged me even more because this is someone who literally refused a – it's not his – it wasn't a request from him. It's the law, where she was, that her animal should have been leashed. He asked her to obey the law, and she had the audacity to say, I'm not going to take a directive or a request from a black man. In fact, I'm going to show him – how much more power I have than he thinks I have, and that's where the voice and the tear you know the near tears and the fear that she evoked all at the same time, which I couldn't understand, it literally just harkened back to all the times that women have cried rape and other things around men of color. And I was so disgusted. I want her to be prosecuted for a false report. I want her to be prosecuted for animal cruelty because at least I know that charge will result in some time of some sort, whether it's probation or a major fine. She's not going to get a fine for what she did to him because right now, here's where the problem lies. Social justice has played out. Social media justice, as I like to call it. She's lost her job because that investment firm is not trying to deal with her. Um, She's lost her job. She's had to return a pet that she's had for a while back to the shelter. So right now she's woe is me, and I'm down, and, oh, my God, my life has turned upside down. So the likelihood, I feel, that there's going to be some prosecution of her coming after this is going to be little to nothing. It's not, it's, it's not likely going to happen, especially after her, quote, unquote, public apology.
2: Darrell? Did the voice do anything to you? the the voice at the end and i and i i I continue to talk about that because that voice at the end disturbed me more than anything because if he were not if he were not recording and let's just say she was recording and just had the camera on her, I would have thought that this man was running towards her or about to do something you mm-hmm. know terrible to her based on how her voice changed from I'm going to call the police and tell them that an African-American man is threatening me to the end. And that was disturbing to me because, you know, it, we, we know the history of how this goes. So how did that affect you, Darrell?
3: I think, you know, if anybody knows anything about uh, Tulsa in Greenwood, And kind of that whole story Mm -hmm. For those of y'all listening Go Google it It was the Black Wall Street And it was burned down Mm -hmm. Over this very instance Only we didn't have a video recording
2: The rail call has dropped, so we will continue with the conversation. But definitely it was very poignant to me to hear that because it can bring up a dangerous situation for this young man um, because the way she described it was we we were by ourselves. Nobody else was around. And I don't know. It just seems to me if you're afraid of somebody, I'm probably not going to run up to you. Um, to engage you any further mm-hmm. I'm probably grabbing the dog and running But You know, maybe that's just me saying It outside of here But it just seems as if She could have chosen A, a different way to handle that situation Darrell Well it,
3: I think it, it kind of shows It kind of shows like the perceived privilege that she had I mean, think about how quickly she made that place You know what I mean? It was like, oh, I know what mm-hmm. I'm about to do I'm about to. My instinct is calling boys on you, because nine is going to come and, and take care of you, cause you. Make me mad. You know, and it's like wow, yeah. she really went there. And what's crazy is when you think about someone like her, Amy Cooper, right? You have to wonder. she's yeah. seen what happened to barbecue Becky. She's seen what happened all the other ones, and it's like, has your – like, why was that still your first instinct? Like, is it pre-programmed? Is that the default thing that is so etched in? And I think that's another part of the problem. I think a lot of people, you know, have this racism bud that's way at she saw Barbecue Becky and said, that's unfortunate. She shouldn't have done that, you know. She probably shared some of the stuff on her Facebook page. Not knowing, no, Amy, you, you put
1: raisins in your potato salad, too. You do.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs>
1: but no I, I, don't think she, I don't think she saw that because, if anything, she probably sympathized with her more so than the outcome and the fallout from it. Um, You know, the more and more I think about how the call went, and I think about the times that I have called 911 when I've felt threatened, and I've never started with a description of race, Um, and I live in a mixed community. Only after someone will ask me, like, if there's a prowler in your neighborhood, that's the last time I've called 911 they asked me to describe the person. I said, it's dark. I have no idea. Mm. So Mm -hmm. to start out with race. Her intention was this is a silent dog whistle, (laughs) not so silent, but this is a dog whistle. This is a black man and that he's a threat. She started that from the very onset. And that's why she's fired today. Let's be honest about that. That's exactly why she's today because she she didn't call and say a man is, is threatening me in Central Park. She made it very clear mm-hmm. that it was an African-American man from the oh, very she, onset. She
3: told him. She told him what she was about to do. She was like, I'm about to tell them that, you know, that, I mean, she basically said it. I think, Kenessa, you know, I, I spent a couple of years living in Seattle. And I talk about it often because it was like, You know, the movie Get Out kind of came out around that time, and then I think Insecure had just came out, and if you know how the first episodes, like where she worked and kind of what she was going through, it was really weird, because here I was in the progressive, you know, shining city on a hill, you know, Seattle, Washington, you know, where it's just You know, everybody is against racism and, like, all the pilot programs for criminal justice reform and all this stuff comes out of Seattle. And all these white folks had these Black Lives Matter bumper stickers. And, I mean, that's on one hand, yet I ran into issues with my employer from some of these very same people. And it was like, oh, I get it now. So sometimes there is that like you know, the, the glasses that, that allow them not to see what's actually in front of them. It wouldn't surprise me if she didn't see that in herself when she saw what happened to those other people who ended up losing their jobs. And if that such a small price to pay, you know, Amy loses oh, her job. Very, She'll get another one. Oh she's oh, gonna it's be a very hired. small. She part. got a severance package, you know.
1: Oh, I, I maybe, but you know what that's a very small price to pay because today we could have been had we could have had another hashtag going had sure. someone overheard this conversation who was trigger happy had the police arrived and things mm-hmm. went awry no matter you know no matter how calm we can be sometimes things can escalate, so her apology is not accepted by me. Because guess what? We could have been there. Could have been a very different narrative for the other Cooper family today because she chose that her privilege and her that minor situation. Someone asks you to put your leash, your dog on a leash. You are willing to take this man's life for that. That's how Hmm. I feel about it because Hmm. that's where we are. And let's be clear, what she wanted that to happen did happen to someone right here in Minneapolis. She wanted for police to show up and to, to put their foot on his neck, because how dare he ask her to do something? Oh, my gosh, the privilege of it all.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Now, do you, and do I'm you glad guys believe that this fire. is just learned? Do you, do you think this is a learned behavior? that, that um, we've kind behavior. of incubated in this country? Absolutely. We have
1: for, for, white, for white girls, yes, without question. Without question.
3: Well, I, I think there are a lot of different habits that are passed down. I think there's a natural kind of, you know, fear, I think, of black people. They so paint black women as the angry black woman. They paint the black man as the aggressive, the, the, you know. No, I think, I think those things are passed down even through, you know, from generation to generation, even if you didn't have a sit-down conversation, that was somehow passed down to you. You know, but, it, but it, it,
1: that... it's it's ingrained from I would say it's, it's further than that because it's ingrained at an early age. I see it play out on the playground, okay? I see it play out where little white girls can go and pull kids' hair and all this other stuff, and they just they don't even get reprimanded, but you know if something happens to them, the whole playground must stop mm-hmm. because someone has touched my child. see it's learned from an early age, and that's where. I struggle with this, I get what you're saying that black people you know there's this inherent fear, the unknown and all this other stuff, but the reality is this goes back hundreds and hundreds of years where a white girl in distress we can have the same situation going on with a twelve year old black girl she will not get the media coverage, she will not get the the she will not get any attention relative to a white girl who if something happens to her, God forbid, it, the world just has to stop. I mean, there's sex trafficking in this country every day. And if you guys recall a few years ago, a young, young white girl went on a high school trip from Birmingham, Alabama, never returned from that trip. Do you know we talked about that in the media and the coverage of that lasted for more than 10 years? More than 10 years. Wow. Wow. Right now it's black girls going missing every day. Again, it's what we now, value and now, what we
2: now some they say about. now now some may say, Okay, so if this was a learned behavior then does she share in any responsibility for that learned behavior? Uh she was afraid when he said, You're not gonna like what I do She was afraid, and she had to protect herself by running up to him and then retreating and taking the time to put a leash on a dog. Um, I'm trying to understand because, again, I understand that people love dogs. I got that. But we have to at some point say humanity first. Because if it's if it's me and I'm somewhere alone and I'm with a dog and my dog can't bite you, my dog will be there, and and don't don't at me, don't text me, don't call me. No, the dog will be there because my life yeah. comes first. If I am that yeah.
1: afraid, and she so wasn't. That's why I want to be clear she, about. She, she was not afraid. For her action she was not afraid This was a punishment for him For how dare he Ask me to do something That's what you're that, don't, don't, Let's not even put there was no fear This woman has zero fear Let's be honest There was zero fear did, did the can of mace that she claimed she carried Did that pop out No This woman was not afraid She wanted to punish him For asking her to follow the law She got fired fired
2: for that. The whole thing is so ridiculous to me. It's so ridiculous uh, the way it happened. But Darrell, is she partly responsible or is she not responsible at all for her actions? Because this is considered a learned behavior. She has been taught from birth, potentially, because I don't know her life, potentially to be afraid
3: let me tell you something. Mm-mm. Let me tell you something. She going to catch this heat. She is. And I think things that may have been overlooked by, you know, maybe my grandfather back in the day or even today, no, that, that's not going to happen. Amy's going to, quote, unquote, be drugged, you know, across social media. And she needs to feel this. And her, her, you know, nieces and her friends and her sisters, Probably your mom. They're all coming to see. Wow! So they actually like push back and impact your life. Wow! Did you hear what happened to Amy? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do that, right? Like that's what I kind of. That's what I kind of think is 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 gonna happen. You know, it's funny. I took a ride in the Uber today, and. You know, it was a white lady that kind of picked me up. But it seemed like she put some extra pep, and she was extra. You ever feel like somebody's doing the most? And it kind of felt like, you know, come on, please. You know, it was almost as if to say, you know, there's a lot going on, but I'm, you know, I don't
2: know. I don't know. But but how do you both how do you uh, um, how do you not blame all Caucasians or anyone else that is not African American? How do you just say this is an Amy issue or is this a uh, you know community or country issue? How do you not blame everyone for what she has done?
1: because everyone isn't isn't responding like her i mean the reality is the 53 percent of white women who voted for president trump against the female white candidate that was opposed to him um white women vote against their interests all the time we know this but they are the problem i mean it's not everybody it is that select few within that group who decides that they are not, you know, that they are bigger, better, and everything about them is greater than any person of color. So they marginalize and they do these things all while getting the benefit of affirmative action by being a woman and not thinking about the privilege that comes along with that. So I, I, I don't think it's all, every instance that we've seen with the exception of a few It's been these single women or singular women who are acting a complete idiot and acting out with peak white privilege to put people of color in impossible situations. Now, are they enabled by others? They are. They're enabled. Yes. Mm Yes.
2: But I, I, I struggle with this thought process. And the reason that I struggle with it is because, on one hand, from personal experience, I've been in situations where um, there is a meeting, and all of these people are in the meeting. And there is a group of women who stand up, and they'll ask, you know, the CEO, well, um, why aren't there any women and on the board, you know, and in the boardroom, and I'm looking at them saying, "But what about african American women? you know when when we bring race into it there there usually is a pause and a problem, you know, because what you don't know that you're not in the room until you're not in the room, and so I've been mm-hmm. places where there aren't any women, and Certain women want me to side with them. Yes, that's right. There aren't any women. And then I step back and say, but guess what? While you're looking at there aren't any women, there aren't any African-Americans at all, male, female, in the boardroom. So if we're going to fight for this thing, let's fight for all of it. Now, how does that connect? That connects in the sense of is it just tone deaf or blind where I don't see my interests, So is she tone deaf and saying, hey, this is my world, and I don't see outside of my world. So what you guys are perceiving as me being racist is me being comfortable in my world and looking at somebody that is not in my world.
3: Or less.
1: Yeah. I think that you, you nailed it, though, because it's about what's in their interest. That's what you need to, to remember, that when they decided they're going to turn mm-hmm. on the the tears and the quakey voice and the I'm so afraid, it's about what's in their best interest because they immediately think this is going to motivate someone to come to my rescue. So, again, I, it's a learned behavior, but guess what? It's also a behavior that you know historically has not – has. You know, before technology, I should say, has not worked out the best in your favor. So, if you choose to take that path, then you're right. You're going to have to deal with the repercussions of it. Hmm. Or, or, I mean, even to look at look at what happened with George Floyd, who
3: was knee to the neck choked out in Minneapolis by police, right? Hmm. And I think I think all of these things are connected. You know, over the past, you know, I've always been one to watch, you name a Dr. King sermon, I've listened to it, the ones that are available, right? Uh, Malcolm X, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, I was even sharing some things over the weekend, and it seems like, you know, we're having the exact same discussions today that we were having 50 years ago when it comes to, dealing with not only, like, the implicit racism, I mean, the explicit, but also the implicit as well, and I think, you know, there's we've got to try some different tactics, and I think we've got to think outside Mm -hmm. the box, Meek and Mild, you know, Meek and Mild, you know, only go so far, and I know that's not for everybody, but... You know power yields to nothing but power. you know, I often wonder you know if folks know about the Haitian Revolution right just after you know the American Revolution, the Haitians in Haiti you know took over they 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 revolted right they took their um, their freedom and Trade and everything else from the Western Hemisphere, and they just said, "Okay, y'all won, but we will just keep y'all out." And that's why there's a huge difference between Haiti and the Dominican Republic. But I often wonder what would have been if the slaves then didn't wait for the the you know uh, Emancipation Proclamation if they didn't wait for you know it to happen that way and they actually took it because. There's there's a difference between begging for your freedom and taking it.
1: Yeah. But I I feel like, though, he he did just what you said, though. He took control of the situation by filming it, by sharing it, and actually by leaving. Because he knew even with that video, things could have gone a different way. However, I do, I hear what you're saying, but we, you know, we keep teetering back and forth about this. Well, we should have our own this, you know, our own country. We, we're in a diverse world. We've got to learn how to live with one another, and we've got to learn how to well, make change happen more so than we, we, we like to think that we are. And the best way you can do that, we can do that is to actually, that is happening. If that means you lose your pet, you lose your job, and and it's not going to be a short term unemployment because no one's going to want to touch her for quite some time. She may even oh. have to change names and Liz,
3: occupations. Listen. Go fund me up right now and be taken care of for a couple years. Trust me, trust me. She could, right? She could do that, and I don't think it's about. I, I, I don't think it's about starting your own country. I just think we don't always wait for the fix, right? I don't think Mm -hmm. we have to wait for the fix. I don't think it's in now. And, you know, generation after generation, we, you know, I mean, I think this generation that's here now, and even the generation, Behind me is less likely to, to go along, right, with the rules that are written, right? I don't think, mm-hmm. you know, I think things are kind of bubbling up beyond. I mean, Ferguson looked a lot like he did back in the day, right? Like, literally, history is repeating itself.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I agree with There's more to it, but all right, when we talk about coming to the um, aid of women who claim to be in distress. Think about the Dallas hair, hair, hair salon owner. She's not a stylist. She's a hair salon owner who went against the governor's orders. You had the governor, two state senators, the mm-hmm. AG. You had all these men not of color coming to her aid and defense against the rule of law. The very rule yes. of law that was enacted and stated by the governor of the state. And guess why? Guess what? It would have been a very different conversation if Judge Eric Morrier was not an African American man. It'd have been a very different conversation. Mm-hmm. But they came to her aid and that's what That's exactly the mindset that this country continues to go down until you show their hypocrisy on its face. Like, literally what he did, had he not recorded that and something had happened to him, we would be sitting here right today trying to figure out what happened in Central Park to this young man.
3: Hmm.
2: So so how do we protect ourselves? Let, let's, let's talk about that first, because there are so many things happening, and I know, you know, people have cameras and all of these different things, and somehow they can get lost in the shuffle. I'll just put it like that. So how do we protect ourselves from what's going on? I mean, what do we do to say, okay, I need to be careful. I need to watch um, my surroundings. Beyond words, what can we start doing to protect ourselves so that if we happen to end up in the situation and the way things are going now, it's you know, at first we may have thought it was unlikely, but you never know at this point. You know, Darrell, how do you protect yourself from this? And this, and, and when I say this, I mean this type of situation where it's you and someone of another race, another gender that says, hey, you know, I'm about to call the police and say an African-American, specifically not a man or some guy or what have you, but an African-American man is threatening me and my dog or whatever the situation may be. How do you protect yourself from that?
3: I think, you know, the way the brother handled it was, I mean, perfect because, you know, he stayed back enough. He caught her doing what he was doing and, you know, followed the, the protocol. We also have to ask ourselves, you know, he apparently, this is what I read, you know, graduated from Harvard. You know, he's not, you know, he, he's, he's he's doing all right, right? So I have to wonder, what if this was someone with a fitted hat and a beard Mm. and pats up and down the arm, would they still have looked at the situation the same way? It was almost like the perfect storm. Because for some reason, white America and some of black America treat certain black Americans, black, black people, as less than, right? So let's not forget mm-hmm. that there's also mm-hmm. a divide there that even within the black community, you have this kind of division that makes it okay for certain people to be mistreated because they need to pull their pants up or because, right? So, so let's not forget that, that those same stereotypes and implicit biases exist within our own community as well, you know? and And I mean... To, to answer your question I mean in that situation I would do what he did In the situation of Me jogging And somebody got a rifle out Let me tell you something They're going to pick up more than one kind of bullet at that scene I tell you that much I tell you that much It's going to be more than one okay. Type of
1: bullet
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay so, so Janessa,
2: I, I, I'm going to I, let you take
1: this <laughs> Um, you know i I totally get what you're saying, but here here's the thing that we have to think about, even with his Harvard education and the mere fact that he is doing something that many people of color do not do. We don't go the bird watch. watching, but I will say that there's actually <laughs> There's actually a book I found out about today about the ten things you must do um, that you must not do when bird watching if you're black. And I was just amazed that there was an actual book um, about this. Wow! Um, you know, the mere fact, and, and one of those one of those key things was if you encounter what could become an issue with someone else not of color, you should record that incident. Um, so when I think about the situation that they were in, whether you know, it's bird watching in the park, whether it's jogging, um, whether what, no matter what the situation is, if we're going to encounter what could possibly be conflict, as soon as we realize that it is conflict, we should be recording this. And I think that anyone, if they yeah. think that their lives are in danger, I would walk away. Um, again, calling the police on people of color um, for the sake of scaring us, um, they recognize and realize that it is a real risk when we engage with law enforcement. It is a real risk that we can be hurt, we can be murdered, and the fact that she would perpetuate that, anybody who perpetuates Mm -hmm. that or threatens to call the police, they mean you harm. Let's be clear. This is not about them feeling unsafe. They mean you harm. Don't think of it any other way. So if you must stay there because, let's say, there's been a car accident, get in your car. Continue to film their antics. Get in your car. Make sure when the police arrive that you continue to film that. Call a phone a friend so that they can hear what's happening and what's going on because we're in a state of emergency where, quite frankly, there's even with video, things can still not go our way in the court of law. Yes. Yes.
2: And and that, that that's what's so telling about this entire situation. And as it continues to happen again and again, it's it, as if we're at a standstill. We're in a state of emergency without movement. It, it feels like every week there is something caught on tape you know, not not that this is new. We we understand that the the um, behavior is not new. It's just being filmed. But it seems as if we're in a we're at a standstill in this country where we won't allow race to just kind of dissolve and be in the background and really treat each other as human beings with the same wants, needs, and desires. Because if we really break this down. We we all want the same thing. We may have a different means and a mm-hmm. different route to get them. But I don't know Mm -hmm. very many people that don't want to live in a safe community. I don't know very many people that don't want to be able to have, you know, food and, you know, the basics and all of those things. I don't know Mm -hmm. very many people that don't want to, you know, have a higher education and have a nice job and Mm -hmm. those things and go on vacations and things of that nature. When I talk to people, these are the things that they tell me they want you know yep. and that that crosses every racial, you know, boundary. So if we could somehow and I know this is a lifelong commitment, but somehow
3: You kind of went away for a second, are you still there?
1: I'm still here. I don't know if we lost okay. Angel. This is um. Today has been a tough Tuesday. It's it's been a tough Tuesday. <laughs> you know it's crazy,
3: it's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy for me because I haven't. I literally the only piece of the news that I caught was just from social media because I've been on like Zoom calls all day, and so I think I was talking about it time before. that when it comes to the videos and when it comes to I mean, we've seen this and I think I'm finding it really shocking to go back to hear Dr. King's kind of art, like how he was speaking right before he passed away. Before he, passed away, mm-hmm. before he was killed, right? And to hear like mm-hmm. it's really it's really it's interesting.
1: It's really interesting. Yeah. Well we're we're just it's it's at a Place where you have to think about, um, you know, the government in this country right now, and how a known racist and a known eugenicist and a known, um, oh my gosh, uh, sexual harasser, whatever you want to call it, um, this known individual was somehow elected to the to the top office in this country. To think that there is an undercurrent of, of that same behavior and environment and this thought that I am better than you and I should have more than you and, you know, we're not on the same level in any sense of the word, to think that that undercurrent isn't there, given what was elected, it's always been here. It's even more pronounced now. And they they feel like they actually have – the right to do everything that they're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can Durrell. go unchecked.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Vanessa and Darrell, yep. uh, we have yep. a caller on the line. Naj has a comment, and I do believe he has a question as well. So get ready. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> Naj, all right. Yeah, I'm here. And what is your hey, comment
4: or your question? Oh, well, yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of join in on, on what you guys were talking about. Uh you guys hit on a lot, so I will try to I'll try to be quick. Uh first things like we got we got to understand like we can't really compare our situation to other group situations. Uh just because of the <laughs> historical legacy here and how it was formulated. So, like, just even a comparison between us and Haiti. Remember, in Haiti, they were the majority going against a minority uh, group that was oppressing them. So their their Mm -hmm. revolts were more successful. Uh, We had just as many, Mm -hmm. just as violent uh, revolts. It's just that those revolts only spread so far because you're fighting against a uh, majority country and their militias. So, you know, similar thing. And then when you talk about the Civil War, the turning point in the Civil War was when when they started enlisting black men and put rifles in their hands, and they started marching. So, like, I I don't, like, this whole idea that that we were given anything in this country, every gain we've made in this country has come with the spilling of blood and the push by multiple generations Mm -hmm. to get those reforms to happen. Now, sometimes those those gains are what? Taken away in the next generation because you push forward and the Mm -hmm. other side pushes back. You know that's that's a natural thing; Mm -hmm. it always occurs. But when when you're talking about America, you cannot study anything in America without the lenses of race and class. Those two things are essential to its founding and to its existence. So when we're talking Mm -hmm. about these things, and we say, "Well, you know, maybe once these older folks die off, the next generation they'll have a different mindset," (laughs) and it's like, "No, this is what America is made up of." And honestly, even if they did change their mind, if you don't change the power dynamic, it actually doesn't even change the racial situation. You cannot have one group holding the majority of the wealth, power, ability to hire and fire, ability to Mm -hmm. discourage or incur, like all all of the inequalities that we talk about in this country, you cannot have that exist and then still have, what, meritocracy or the idea of freedom or democracy or anything else. Because that one group can decide, hey, we're going to keep these ill-gotten gains, and we don't give a damn what we have to say to justify it. And that's just what it's mm-hmm. going to be. So you have to fight them strategically, which we have done since we've been here, some of the greatest people uh, ever born in this country. And, and think about this. Like, you, you talked about, well, what do you do in that situation? Well, we've done this our whole lives. The subconscious things that, we, that are kind of imprinted into us to do to avoid the situation escalate. When you get on that elevator with that that person who looks at you in a certain way, so you make small talk to ease that person's concerns. When you're walking behind somebody, uh, Mm if I'm walking behind a white woman and she has her purse, I'm going to step a little louder so she knows I'm there and she can't say I startled her or it turns into something. Like those things that we just do automatically because we know. Are you going to run through a ball? Mm -hmm. Most of us kind of know you don't run through a ball as a blabber, like – All of those different we've done that forever. So we already know that stuff. The main issue is we bought into individualism and the idea that the group doesn't matter. And once that happens, that put us in in place to Mm -hmm. kind of be subject to a lot of things we're subject to now. So until we decide that we are an actual group and start thinking among group dynamics, and I'll you know, i keep it a hundred with y'all. I think more in terms of socialism than anything else. And if we're being honest, you're gonna get in the monopoly game two hundred years late while everybody else owns the majority of the wealth and the real estate, and you're telling me you're just gonna roll (laughs) sevens infinitely or you're gonna roll double (laughs) infinitely?
3: Eh, I don't think that's (laughs) right. Right. So now can I ask you a question?
4: Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Think about this
3: presidential election. It's so sad,
4: man.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's just so sad. Okay, so, so here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I was like, not, Ana, I know we have enough you, time for that today. No,
2: <laughs> we do not, because that would be a versus <laughs> battle that uh, you have never seen before. So, so. Um...
3: <laughs> no, it, well, it would be short. That's another, another question. To I wouldn't even go say that. <laughs> That's not another question. <laughs> <laughs> and because if you I, haven't seen I agree. any of the
1: verses <laughs> Listen, but I, yes, I agree Vanessa. I agree with him that it is sad And in one one realm that you can look at it in, in its saddest form Is we have two seventy 70-year-olds going up eventually against each other In a country where there are so many more options that we could have had, but it's the hand we're being dealt. But what could balance the scales in that, quite frankly, is mail-in voting. And because then it becomes less about somebody taking off their job because they can't, you know, get off of work or they have to work like the, the have and have nots. Something that can balance the scales out is something like mail-in voting. But who's pushing against that? Yeah. What well, now you're talking about so, the, the so limits of Naj, democracy. Wait, wait, hold on
2: one <laughs> second. One second. Naj, we're, we're going to definitely invite you back to this show to talk about the election, because I can tell you right now, these two on the line. <laughs> yes. So we're going to come back to that discussion. But one of the things that you pointed out, um, Naj, was individualism. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because I think that that is something that's happening in the community where it's, you know, I have mine, so I'm good. You know, I have my job. I have my six figures. I'm good. The rest of the community, you know, only if it happens to me will I stand up and protest or even add my voice at any point. So um, talk to us about the individualism that you see and how
4: this well, um, affect all of us. Yeah, well, it's something that's kind of wrapped up in American culture. Uh, it gets people to vote against their best interests. Uh, it gets people to assume things will always be the way that they are at that particular moment, and they just lose lose a real view of what they're actually saying. So the brother we were talking about before, uh, y'all were talking about before, uh, Harvard grad, all of that stuff. Do you think that brother <laughs> – this thought he would run into a racist incident of that nature on his day of going bird watching in, you know, Central Park. No, uh, the brother who was a tennis player in New York, who the police accosted on the street, slammed down on his face, like world famous tennis player, slammed down on his face. So at a certain point, people have to understand, like, so-called class status and wealth doesn't actually change the dynamics of where you live and where you live is America. So that's always going to be in play. So the mm-hmm. idea of individualism has always been a foolish errand, and we've had multiple generations of people fall for that, and eventually <laughs> they get there. what did Paul Mooney call it, you know, your N-word wake-up call. They get that, and then they mm-hmm. start to understand, like, whoa, I believe in something that doesn't mm-hmm. actually exist. So, yeah, it, it's a failing strategy in America. Not only that, think about it like this. If you're practicing individual economics in a country where everybody else is practicing group economics, what happens eventually?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. hmm But think about the it realm. this way: he did have what the he did think? have the. I would just say, think about it this way: he did have the far the the. I would say the all, the wherewithal to know that even his Harvard education. <laughs> And the fact that he was bird watching could not protect him from this privilege that was standing before him, who was threatening him with law enforcement. Now, she didn't know he had this Harvard education. She probably didn't even know he was bird watching, right? But she just presumed. I'm pretty sure the, the brother didn't have on a hoodie. He wasn't wearing a baseball cap because it says in the Bird Watching for Blacks book not to do those things when you're bird watching. So he likely was dressed like any other man of any other color in that park that morning, yet all she saw was a black man as a threat, period.
4: And she knew what weapons she could use against them And think about that mediocre mediocre woman Against the upper crust Top percentile educated one of our group You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Who had the advantage? At the time, her Because if the response is fast Even if he's recording Mm -hmm. I
2: I think what many of us understand And and I do agree that um, There is a strong sense of individualism um, that we have to overcome in a sense. It, it's great to, you know, be an individual, be yourself, and all of these other things, but we we still have to work as a community because we're not there yet. We we don't have the privilege of acting as if we're, we're in this box alone and that's it. And then mm-hmm. when something goes by, we want to call on the community. No, the community has to be within us mm-hmm. initially. Um, for Absolutely. someone, right. and speaking as someone yep. who attended Harvard, um, trust me, um, it it matters on a certain level, but on a certain level it doesn't. People still hmm. will Google. Mm-hmm. People will still, you know, in, in in certain places and workplaces and things of that nature will question. Um, your your intellect and will question the things that you can and cannot do and how you should act and how you should be. And so, you know, I mm-hmm. I, I can navigate those waters because I've been on both sides. I've been to places mm-hmm. where the education wasn't that great, and now I've been to this one, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, 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 we're aware of that, but I think if we don't come together and we continue this cry of coming together as a community, and and look at okay we're we're not just there yet with that individualism, unfortunately we're not. And once we get mm-hmm. beyond that, we can deal with the Karens of the world, the Amy's of the world, the police departments that decide you know I'm going to put my knee on your neck, even though it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the things. But think you definitely of, think have of to it.
1: Think of it this doing. way. Think of it this way, though. Even she knew he was recording him, that he was recording her, yet she felt he had Mm -hmm. no power. She felt he had no power, and she didn't care about what he was going to do with this little video. It didn't matter Mm -hmm. to her because she felt that she had all the power to make him go away because he asked of her to obey the law. So that in itself – that in itself yeah. needs to be rectified, and she needs to be shamed, and she needs to be charged, and she needs to be tried. Well, All if, of those things.
3: I would I would even argue that it needs to be more widespread. So without going too deep into it because I have to sign an NDA and stuff, I was in a situation, <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> where
3: <Well>. I had <laughs> – <laughs> where I had to decide Vanessa, to did you hear
1: that? <laughs> I did. That's a non-disclosure. I, I in say India. nothing. There you go. <laughs> but I was <laughs> put in a
3: situation where it was like, you know, you know how how things start really small, like a whisper, like racism, and you like, maybe I didn't do that. <laughs> 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 I know I didn't see what I just saw. I know this dude didn't just do that like that, right? And then it gets a little louder, racism, right? And before you know it, these mugs coming up and writing it on your desk, racism, right? So I was like, okay, i got to push the button. And I knew what that meant. I knew what risk was going to be involved. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know what? I'm in a position right now Where, you know what, I I don't have any other responsibilities. I don't have any dependents. If worse comes to worse, I know how to cut up beanie weenies and and ramen noodles, okay? I know how to eat bologna sandwiches, right, if I have to. And it was not an easy situation. It's much easier to say what you'll do until you're put in a situation. But I think the same way this brother did what he did, it needs to be called out. These Officers with the with the knee to the neck. Do you think that is the first time they ever did some out of line stuff? No. And guess what? Mm-hmm. If you step one inch beyond the line, it, it's gotta be called out, it's gotta be pressed, and get away. With this stuff because that is how it grows.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm okay so as as we always in our shows, we have two minutes left um and we're gonna start with you, chinessa. um we always talk about going beyond words, you know we have great conversations, but you guys always give great uh insight into okay now what what's next? The conversation was excellent, but what's next? What can we do beyond words to to um Somehow, not only call out systemic racism, but to, I don't know whether resolve or solve is the correct word, but what can we do beyond words now? What's
1: next? Well, you, know, every, you know, everything we've fought for, as Naj said, and we've gained, if no one's given us anything, it comes with having allies that can help you do that. And I tell people Mm -hmm. all the time, if you have people not of color who are not talking about this today in your timeline, in your social media, I've had so many people reach out to me since this morning when I posted how enraged I was. And I've seen them not just reach out to me personally, but they themselves have posted that this is ridiculous. If you don't have those people calling out these white people on this bull then you need to reassess what those relationships are about because we're very uncomfortable in this country. I'm very uncomfortable, and I feel like I need to have allies who feel bad that I'm uncomfortable, that they need to speak out against it. So if we don't have that, we're never going to get any, any further. Keep calling it out. Keep calling it out. Keep being an advocate. Let's not, you know, if Brianna Taylor, if we had not – Push that and kept pushing it she was she was murdered in her home in March, okay, yeah, it's been a pandemic, and we want to say that's the reason why that story wasn't out there, but the reality is social media and technology has given us more power than we've ever had to really evoke change, so we have to keep pushing that, keep calling it out at the at the end of the day, and if you find yourself in these encounters. Again, I say start recording. Call a family member. Call a friend. Make sure you have a witness. Don't wait for other people to intercede on your behalf because that may not happen. Make sure that you're protecting yourself. And if you have to walk away, walk away. Darrell?
3: I would say do an assessment. Do an assessment right now. Think about... The people who you work with Think about the people In your neighborhood Think about Any of the places Any of the places that you go The kind of conversations That you're a part of Where you let some stuff slide Right And think about Mm -hmm. what the long term Impact Of all of that That's And I say, you know, moving forward, we can't overlook even the smaller things. Call a spade a spade. We have to push some really uncomfortable conversations because that's the only way that we'll ever be able to get to, to anywhere. And I would say, secondly, empower yourself. For some people, that means getting a concealed handgun license, right, for your sake. Number one, for some people, that means empowering yourself economically, right? So when push comes to shove and you got to tell that boss or that coworker what you about to do, you don't have to worry about being put on admin or, you know, need your next because you are empowered to be in a position where you can speak up for yourself and you're not worried about when that other shoe falls. I would say those two things.
2: Yeah. Well, we want to thank Naj for calling me, and thank you, sir, so much for just providing so much insight um, into the conversation. And, you know, again, we, we certainly want to welcome you back when we have the conversation as far as the election, but trust me, that would have taken another hour and a half, too. Hours um, with these two, and which I would have absolutely been good, loved. So <laughs> it, it would have been well, good. Well, can I? Trust I add it's going to be good. Can I? Can I have one thing be so before, so
4: before you guys go, though? Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the one thing I would add is: what is Malcolm, Martin, Stokely Carmichael, Fannie Lou Hamer, I had to be with anybody. You want name! What did one thing they agreed on? Organize, organize, organize. All of us Absolutely. have at least 100 contacts in our phone. Absolutely. If you can get 10 of those people to complete some small task, uh, the thing I've most recently yeah. done was we did 600 masks, uh, giveaway of masks, because we are most affected by this disease, and masks are going to be the most important thing as we see that, you know, Asian countries <clears throat> have much lower rates of fatality than we do over here. What are they doing? Doing masks. So that was the thing I decided that needed to be done. All of us can do the same thing on any other small-scale or even larger-scale uh, idea. Use the contacts in your phone. Decide something that you want to, you know, get done either quickly or long-term, and just get it done. Join some organization. Join a book club. You know, get, get you know, people's juices flowing mm-hmm. and talking to them. And, you know, things start to happen in that way, man. You eat a whale one piece at a time. So you just keep doing on and carrying on traditions that have already been done, man. That's the work.
2: All right, mm-hmm. that sounds good. So we need to organize, we need to assess, and we need to amplify. So this is Beyond Words on your 15 minutes Radio Network with your hosts, Janessa White and Darrell Douglas, and a, a guest that we didn't even know would be here, be here but uh, certainly we have enjoyed your conversation, and we definitely want you to call in again and yeah. join the conversation when we talk about politics because that's going to be
1: interesting. Okay, will do. It Thanks, will y'all. Be. Love talking to y'all. Oh. All, All right. right.
2: Sir, Naj? Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Do you represent a certain organization?
4: No. no. This is just me uh, using <laughs> my own contacts and doing what, I, what I've done. Yeah. But in the past, yes, the majority of my life I've been in organizations. And, and look, if you think an organization is old and raggedy, uh, get some of your friends and take it over. Every NCAA, NAACP is voluntary. Get some of them old bones out of there. Mm. So Say it again.
1: But,
4: <laughs> you know, It, it is what Say it, it again. is, man. Find an organization or join one or start your own. You know, small scale, big scale, doesn't matter. As long as the work's getting done.
2: Awesome, awesome. Well, Naj, if you can hold on the line, that would be great, okay? All right. All right, hold All on the right. line, please. Well, once again, you have tuned in to Beyond Words with Vanessa White and Darrell Douglas. This has been an excellent show, you guys, as usual. And I, again, I'm looking forward to the verses with you guys and talking about politics because I think Vanessa <laughs> threw down the gauntlet. You know, on Facebook, and I, all I saw was like a like from Darrell. So I was trying to figure out, you know, is this the baby face Teddy Riley thing? But, you know,
1: you we'll, know what? We'll we're, see we're what We're going to have to
2: promote this battle. Yes.
1: We're going to have to promote yes. this.
2: <laughs> yes. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I want to thank you guys. We know this is, a, again, another heavy topic and situation that's going on in America. But, again, we have to organize. We have to assess our own situations. We have to amplify the message and make sure that we continue to expose the racism that is out there and work together and within those organizations that have already been organized to do great things together as a community. So I want to thank you guys for being here and being a part of Beyond Words exclusively on your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Have a good night. Interested in advertising? Advertise today on the number one online radio network for entrepreneurs, Your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Contact us at advertise at your15minutesradio.com. Once again, once again, once again, you're tuned in live to your 15 Minutes Radio Network and Beyond Words with Chinesa White and Darrell Douglas. We have had such an awesome conversation tonight. And one thing that I'm going to leave you with is a poem entitled Dating America. And it kind of, my hope is that it's going to give you guys a sense of how people are feeling right now as we continue to deal and grapple with this thing called racism and ignorance and fear and learn behaviors and how taxing and how weighing that can be on someone. Uh, so here, here is a poem again entitled Dating America. So listen closely to the words right here on your 15 minutes radio network. I'm tired of dating America. I'm tired of trying to defend again and again and again my mere existence. And then you tell me you have to be patient. You need to learn to wait. But in the same vein, within the same game, you tell me that time waits for no man, and I say, fuck that, excuse my French, as my anger boils over, but I hope you understand. As long as I continue to see black bodies hanging from the popular tree, producing strange fruit that you continue to fertilize with your lies and your hate, I have to pause and ask my people, is anybody else tired of this damn date? It is clear upon my arrival that you are not looking for a long term relationship, a marriage, a commitment. You wanted to rent, to lease, or at least you wanted it to seem as if you were saving me and that you loved me more than I love myself. But just in case you didn't get the message, I'm more than enough. As a matter of fact, I'm dope as fuck. Damn, there I go again. It's getting late. And I can't believe that I'm still on this damn date. For you see, the appetizers have already been served. That half slave, half free. That one third. We've moved beyond the soup and salad. The main course, the entree is here. Filled with systemic racism and poverty. Misguided messages, access denied. And not one damn mule. That divide and conquer tactic you use to define who stays in the house and who stays in the field. Now some of you are still sitting around waiting on dessert, acres for years, but it's time to go. I'm ready to leave. So as I stand, I rise. As I stand, I rise. Now here comes the check. I'm talking old school, y'all, so listen closely. I will no longer accept your lies, your long goodbyes, the tears in my mother's eyes, broken promises, red lines, genocide disguised as justice, wrapped in blue, those orange jumpsuits. No longer will I accept the terroristic threats to my mental health because I know what's at stake, my humanity my dignity, my freedom, my fate. So tonight I must end this damn date. Again, that was Dating America by Angel Bush, written and performed by Angel Bush. Again, tune in live on Beyond Words exclusively on your 15 Minutes radio with Janessa White and Darrell Douglas. We will see you on the other side of the mic. Have a good night.
0: This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <laughs> And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! (sighs) (sighs) Smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.
4: Step into the world
0: of power, loyalty,